This week in markets, most agricultural commodities saw year-over-year increases as we turned the calendar into 2023. Corn and soybean prices rose more than 14% in 2022. Chicago wheat futures gained 3%. Kansas City wheat up 11%. Minneapolis wheat declined by nearly 4.5% in value. Feeder cattle futures increased 10%. Lean hogs gained nearly 8%. Crude oil was up nearly 7%. The Dow down 8%. And the S&P 500 declined nearly 19%. Throughout the first week of the new calendar year, the thought of global recession was ever-present. Total farm marketing market analyst Brian Doherty says that remains a backdrop for all markets. And the the kingpin of that is you look over to China and you look at what they have been doing uh, with either lockdowns or lack of lockdowns and then COVID cases and just a poor economic environment. But when I say what they've been doing, they've been, you know, rapidly trying to stimulate their economy. On one hand, that's a good thing. On the other hand, it's, it's, you know, a bigger sign that things are pretty tough. And that's my growing concern is that part of the world just doesn't have this robust economic environment to aggressively buy ahead or buy at any cost. So, so when, when high prices exist, like they do in commodities, we see the end user basically stay, and I use the word hand to mouth. So they buy on as needed basis for this week and hope to get by until next week or this month for next month. Eyeing up, of course, the big potential for South American crops to help fill the void. 2022 was a good year for farm commodity prices. Advanced Trading Risk Management Advisor Tommy Grisafi says that helped land prices rise. In in North Dakota, Minnesota, you'd seen some land prices double. In the stock market, you'd seen a 20% loss in the Dow Jones and S&P and up to a 35% loss in the NASDAQ. So when you look at stocks versus bonds, bond interest rates exploded. And then you look at the land prices. The big winner for 2022 was the land owner. Farmer selling increased with the turn of the calendar. That resulted in a pullback in corn and wheat markets to begin the week. Total farm marketing market analyst Naomi Bloom says the next big feature in the market will be the USDA report. And that's the big one. That's the um, you know year-end um talking about final production numbers, demand numbers, also looking at quarterly stocks, looking at wheat information. So it's definitely a market mover. Um, but seasonally, corn, beans, and wheat usually will have one more hurrah into February. So we'll want to be able to use that again as making more cash sales for that moment. And keeping an eye on South American weather is important as well. That USDA report will be released on Thursday. Rugby livestock owner Cliff Matson is disappointed that the feeder calf prices aren't better for producers. They're, they're definitely selling higher than they were a year ago, for sure. You know, we're looking at $100, $100 or better a calf than they were a year ago. Um, I, I still don't think we're where we need to be yet. I think uh, with the input costs, I think we need to be higher. And with the cattle numbers being down, I think we got potential for that to be higher, especially if that corn can uh, hold steady and, and kind of sit where it's at for the, for the feed a lot of guys have got feed, you know, a lot of a lot of hay, a lot of straw, but they they just you know in, in corn silage, but uh, with supplementing corn or, or or some other kind of grain commodity in their mix, it's getting to be kind of expensive. Matson expects the demand for feeder calves to pick up. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Don Wick on the Red River Farm Network.
With a look at farm news this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. The Biden administration wrapped up 2022 by redefining the waters of the United States rule. North Dakota Senator Kevin Kramer said the administration has gone too far. You know, when Administrator Reagan and, and Assistant Administrator Fox visited North Dakota, I re- reiterated, as many others did, the empowerment of EPA and Army Corps bureaucrats by giving them federal authority over non-navigable ponds, ditches, and puddles is a recipe for disaster. So our state is and, and will be the, at the epicenter of this debate. North Dakota Senator John Hoven responded to Friday's announcement by saying the new rule violates private property rights and will increase costs for American consumers. South Dakota Senator John Thune says he will ask the White House to abandon this change or he will push the Senate to overturn the new WOTUS definition. Meanwhile, the U.S. Supreme Court is reviewing the scope of the clean water rule an Idaho couple is suing over WOTUS and the federal government permitting authority. A decision is expected from the high court by spring. With a $17 billion surplus in Minnesota's budget, State Representative Deb Keel of Crookston, Minnesota, says she hopes Minnesota will look at lowering property taxes to help the next generation of farmers, ending the tax on Social Security, among other things, and increase funding for other programs important to rural Minnesota. The one thing we can do is stop taxing Social Security when it's been taxed already. I know that we should also look at, at our schools and not so much just throw money at it, but make sure that we're offering uh, education that provides our students with catching up if they lost education when COVID happened. I think we're having some more mental health problems, whether we're talking about senior citizens or children. um, We certainly do have some mental health issues that we need to stabilize so Minnesotans can work and prosper. The first bill to move in the Minnesota House will be the Tax Conformity Bill. Minnesota has not adopted the many tax changes passed by Congress since 2018, resulting in a more complex tax return and additional compliance costs. House Speaker Melissa Hortman says that fix will be Bill 1A. Hortman says a bonding bill will also be completed in January. The House Agriculture Committee will meet for the first time next Tuesday. North Dakota leads production and agriculture production for crops including spring wheat, durum wheat, edible dried peas, and honey, but Governor Doug Burgum says animal agriculture production has dropped drastically in the last several decades. During this week's State of the State address, he called on lawmakers to take action to change that. Consider this. North Dakota's record year for cattle and calves was 1975. 2.6 million head, less than 1.9 million today. Our record year for dairy cows, 1934, when we had 701,000 cows. Now we have only 15,000 dairy cows left in North Dakota. We import milk into North Dakota for our school programs. Hogs peaked in 1943 at just over 1.1 million. Now we're down to 150,000 or about a tenth of that. We need farm freedom legislation and we need it now. And the National Potato Council wrapped up a very successful potato expo in Denver. Here's National Potato Council CEO Cam Quarles. Very, really successful. We had huge attendance. Uh, over 1,800 people joined us here in Denver. Uh, we had a sold-out show floor. We had a fantastic event that just wrapped up with three celebrity chefs from the Food Network. I think people had a really great time being here the last couple of days. And we're, we just we could not be more thrilled to be back. It felt like normal again. 
And that's a look at farm news this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. A look at weather this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman. Widespread beneficial rains fell across much of Argentina over last weekend, with a few areas seeing two to four inches. The bulk of the country received a half to an inch and a half of rain. Later in the week saw a rise in temperatures into the mid-90s and low 100s, speeding up evaporation and increasing crop stress. Ice and heavy wet snow made for a tough day in the life of a cattle feeder Tuesday and Wednesday. Pete Bakken is in extreme southwest Minnesota and spent uh, time blowing snow from bunks to keep cattle fed and comfortable. Yeah, plowing snow, blowing bunks, doing those kinds of things, trying to keep the livestock fed on days like this. Uh, Good people and uh, good equipment help make it a little bit more tolerable if we were sitting out on the 4020 with the uh, heat hauser, we might be thinking a little bit differently, but uh, over the years, we're uh, fourth generation farmers, so we've had opportunity to benefit from some of the things that uh, our dad has done to make things a little bit more palatable on days like these, like a heated shop and just a cab on a tractor, so that uh, helps out well. And all things considered, we're sitting pretty good with the way things look at the feedlot and the condition that the cows Australia is expected to harvest a record 42 million ton wheat crop. In December, the Australian Bureau of Agricultural and Resource Economics forecast wheat product at 36.6 million tons in December. While the bushels are there, quality has suffered with excessive rains. Much of the crop will be feed wheat. With drought causing decreases in cattle numbers, the USDA is predicting a decline in the amount of beef produced in 2023. USDA Chief Economist Seth Meyer expects a rebound in cattle numbers. The weather will still play a role in how strong of a rebound there is. Do you have forage conditions necessary to support a herd rebuild? That'll be one of the deciding factors. Finishing 2022 on a high note with positive net farm income reports and some needed moisture after a dry fall, Valley United Co-op CEO Paul Coppin reflects on drastic weather changes throughout the growing season that ultimately led to a successful year in 2022. We actually had some producers that that PP'd uh, some of their corn acres because uh, they just couldn't get in because it was so wet and then lo and behold it stopped raining and you know we had probably optimal growing conditions here going in into fall certainly on the dry side uh guys were really concerned that that would probably affect the yield a little bit but uh as we got into fall and, and came out of fall the yields were better than expected and certainly with the commodity prices where they were at i think everybody was pretty happy Coppin says there's still uncertainty about what will be planted this spring, but is carrying a positive outlook into 2023. There's always exciting stuff going on in ag, I guess. So, I mean, it's it, it's good. I think the question is right now is, you know, what are our producers going to plant, I guess. You know, and, that, and that's certainly with corn and beans and wheat where they're at right now. Uh, these guys can certainly pick and choose. So uh, I think that's the question mark is, you know, exactly what are they going to going to put in the ground and excitement I think going into 2023 I think there's a lot of optimism uh, out in the country on the prospects in 2023. A relatively quiet outlook for precipitation across the Midwest here. This has been a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Whitney Pittman. Thanks for listening. 
to the Red River Farm Network.